have the one and only Brian Getuba with us. Welcome, my man. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Brian actually is, I feel like, the first person, hopefully of many, to have a Netflix movie get featured based off of his screenwriting abilities. So huge congratulations to you, man. I think like that is something I'm sure that you've wanted to have happen in your life ever since you got into this. Oh, yeah, for the longest time. Um, Traces back from when I was a teenager. So it was like years and years of, you know, putting that work and having to patiently wait and and practice and, and, you know, perfect your craft to the best of your ability. And then just recently it paid off and it came out of nowhere. That's the surprising thing. That's a cool thing, man. And I'm excited personally to talk about that today because for me, I I love talking to people like you who created something or are in the space of uh, making something from scratch. Definitely. You know, like whether it be filmmaking or artists or entrepreneurs, like you're a perfect fit to be a guest on our show. Well, thank you. Thank you for considering me. 100%, man. So, you know, with the the concept, I'd like to have us dive into the, the, the screenwriting you've done for this movie. Yes. Right? So it's called disconnect the wedding planner yes and i just actually watched it right before we came on oh, so really <laughs> yeah, it's like all nice and fresh in my head oh that's good that's good and i just yeah. i just want to say man first and foremost it's 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 a fun movie yes you know you you have a good written plan you have the drama you've got the main character who's trying to figure out um you know i don't know how much we spoil it but i just want to be able to share that the main character is struggling to be in a committed relationship yes and the irony is here he is planning a wedding yes and he's doing um a crap job of it like he's doing a shitty job he's kind of like your token yes man definitely he's the kind of guy who gets to um get other people to do his bidding right because he as as you know the synopsis of the movie is he has to put a destination wedding together uh for his uh, friend who's an investor and he's in a race against time but the problem is he got scanned right so now that this um unfortunate event has happened to him he has to uh, assemble his friends who end up doing the workload for him yeah. So it's basically a reflection of um, of what uh, he is, right? Mm. It, you would think that it's something that would change him, but he wouldn't see at the point. So what does he end up doing? He ends up utilizing them um, and and just being a freeloader, right? Yeah. And and so the test uh, the test of trials and the experiences that he goes through forces him to make that change which is what the primary of the narrative was yeah Yeah, it's it's unique and i want to know man like what inspired you to write something like that because i'm watching this and the whole time i'm like brian created this right like this this whole script everything that what everyone is saying was done by you and of course when you're planning to write a story and you have the mm-hmm. beginning you have the the middle like i remember yeah <laughs> back in grade school the rising action exactly. climax falling action you got yes. all of that in there great stories are timeless to be a great storyteller one must bridge the gap between an alluring narrative and the audience to pull with the heartstrings and to shape the imagination At Q Films Media, we're more than just a media production agency. We are a powerhouse of creative individuals, content creators, who specialize in telling great stories. 
stories that are intimate and kept closest to the heart. Stories that are powerful and inspiring, that spark boldness and action. We are Q Films Media. We're here to tell your story. We are always unseen. Definitely. So, like, what inspired you to to write this concept, and why was it so important for you? Well, actually, so it the it started out with the prequel. The prequel is on Netflix as well. So, back in um, when pandemic during the 2020, my elder sister, who actually was a heavy influence to my journey in screenwriting, she mentioned that the prequel was out, Disconnect. Right. So I went and watched it. I thought it was really clever, and it was amazing that. Uh, the Canyon film industry had something on Netflix at the time. So it was, it was um, being in the diaspora, it was, it was something to be proud of, right? And then I, um, couple, what is it? That was in December. So the following year, which was in the summertime, I got reached out to, by the director who I had been in contact with the previous years. He said he wanted to he wanted me to do a concept, pitch him a concept on uh, a sequel that he was looking to do because Netflix had approached him and asked him to do uh, a follow up based on their um, what is it on their prequel. And so he reached out to me and is like, okay, this is what I want. I want to focus on Otis and I want him to do a destination wedding and I want Nigerians in it. And I wanted to be in the coast. So the coast is the eastern province. It's it's the south. It's on the southeast of Kenya. So Mombasa is where most of the story takes place, which is a tourist area as well. So it's like, a beautiful area. Definitely, or it was yeah, absolutely. So I um, what I ended up doing was uh, coming together, um, co- trying to combine ideas. I uh, reached out to my partner. She gave me her insights, which I'm really truly grateful for because she's watched a lot of TV shows. She's read a lot of books. And for me, that was like, okay, maybe I should maybe I should take advantage of that. And so she gave me her her uh, two cents her. uh, And I just went back on the drawing board. This was uh, a week. I had a week to pitch. Then he uh, reached out to me and uh, he reached out again. I pitched to him and he was really excited. But he specifically, what he was looking for was for Otis to have vulnerability in him and him being a womanizer. Uh, and you can, as you can also see in the uh, prequel, uh, he, he struggles to be in a committed relationship. And so he wanted to explore on the vulnerabilities. He wanted Otis to be thrown against something so unfortunate and try to work through it. And at the same time, try to change from it, right? So it will be, at the very beginning, he'll be um, a womanizer. And then in the end, he'll be someone who's in a committed relationship or beginning to be in a committed relationship. So what is that, that actually was from a personal what is it? it was from a personal story of mine mm. so um and actually it was it was my partner <laughs> oh there you go so this like you felt yeah. like yeah otis was channeling a part of you yeah in your definitely life. definitely Damn. so so um when me and my partner um she she was uh had just split from her marriage 
and we were friends at the time. So we were just seeing each other and I was I was just socializing, you know, just having the time of my life, right? Yeah. Because it was at that time I was starting to understand how things are done in the in the dating world. So I didn't expect her to be that person who keep me grounded, who challenged me and, you know, helped me reach greater heights and walk me through uh, through life. Right. So I didn't expect that at the time. So I was very afraid. We had the um, situation of where are we? What are we? Right. Are we in a relationship? Was this just a thing? Is, is this is a fling? Right. So. It, yeah, what it, are we calling this? Yeah. Right? Yes. What are we? What is this? Reach that right? stage. You reach that stage. Just like that first scene, right? <laughs> exactly. You walk on the first scene of the movie and they're like, well, yeah. the girl's like, what are we? And Definitely. the guy's like, ah, <laughs> Definitely. I told you we're nothing. <laughs> we're nothing. We're nothing. We're just seeing each other. But right? in your personal case, it was yeah. different, right? And that actually, that scene also was kind of. <laughs> <laughs> it was from There was that. little elements of it. Right? I love it. So. Because it's real. It's and, real. Like, you could watch that movie and what's yeah. nice about it is it's relatable for some people. Yes. There's also those moments where you're like, yeah, this yeah. could really happen. And yeah. this is happening to a lot of people it's, it where it, it's not just like oh like yeah. let's see each other and uh yeah well we're calling each other boyfriend girlfriend without even exactly addressing if we are or not many exactly. people end up in this situation they end up in that situation and there's no um there's no define in it there's no labeling so they they figure okay there's an attraction we'll just you know have that agreement where we do a b c d and no strings attached right so so it gets on for a while, but emotions, especially one of the parties, they tend to rise. And then you realize you probably have a good vibe. And and I guess for the some people, they want to have a sense of belonging. They's, they's, uh, they don't want to be alone. Uh, they want to do things with that person because they, they feel comfortable. They feel safe around them. And I guess for the person, well, in my case and in Otis' case, we fear commitment because it means there's going to be a change. Uh, there's going to be a different way of doing things. You're going to involve somebody in your life. So as you can also see towards the end when he was having that conversation, that deep conversation, um, he was afraid, right? So for me, I had to make that decision. Okay, um, am I going to be single for, for, rest, for the rest of the time here? Am I going to look back and realize that I made a poor decision to let her go? Okay, let me just jump in. I know I'm scared, but let me just jump in and let me commit. Let's see where it goes. If it doesn't happen, if it doesn't lead to anywhere, okay, then we try. But if we, if if it's successful, then we really made the right move. So so that's where the inspiration started. That's cool, man. Yeah. That's I love how it comes from such a personal place. Yes. And, and with a movie like that, how could it not? Yeah. Right? You know, it's like it, it yeah. must come from a place of relatability. Absolutely. And man, like I find this is something that, Mm -hmm. Of course, mm -hmm. some women I'm sure struggle with, but men more so, yeah. is it wasn't really addressed in the movie, mm -hmm. but one can assume that yeah. perhaps he's been burned before by love. Absolutely. Right? Like you're just under the impression of like, okay, yeah. well, he sees and is clearly evidently mm -hmm. attracted mm -hmm. to this person where back to your point about fear yes. and back to being afraid of wanting mm -hmm. to jump in, Yeah, you know, there's just people I know, like mm -hmm. men I know in my life that are mm -hmm. so fearful of going the quote unquote all mm -hmm. in to this relationship. Exactly. Right? Because yeah. they fear that they're gonna get hurt. Definitely. Oh, it feels so good and it feels so good that I wouldn't even wanna get hurt by this person. Yeah. Cause how am I ever gonna love again? When you feel like exactly. whoever you're with, 
mm-hmm. or whoever you want to be with, that's the one. And yes. if it's not, then you're like, okay, well, good luck ever trying in the future. Definitely. Right? So I, I find that very interesting because yeah. a lot of men struggle with the thought of, ah, it's not, not, not even going to try. I, I, ha- I have a lot of friends that actually are, are single. Some of them don't, they can't commit. They're afraid to commit for reasons maybe they like their lifestyle or they've seen how relationships can be very uh, exhausting. Relationships, let's not let's not um, beat around the bush. It's not a bed of roses. It requires a lot of time. It requires a lot of sacrifice. It requires you to evolve. Some guys are afraid of change. Some men are afraid to be vulnerable because we live in a society where the alpha male mindset is is very practiced. It's been going on for thousands and thousands of years from the early caveman, right? So they don't want to trade that part. Whereas for me personally, I struggled with vulnerability. Like I was the nicest person. I wasn't getting the girls. <laughs> I then decided to become an a-hole. Yeah. Still did not get the girls. <laughs> it's not working. <laughs> it's not working. Um, I decided um, then I, I, I had the opportunity to uh, being in a work environment where there were a lot of women. And I started, like, I thought actually I would see if I could start going out with them at, at the workplace, which is not a good idea. So I stayed off of that. But what I ended up learning was that they had this sense of vulnerability. Um, it got to a point where I thought I was, I was about to get released from my workplace. So I thought I'd be, what is it, this macho guy who's able to, you know, race against time and win didn't work so i ended up having to deal with my vulnerability and confront it right like like confront that that fear instead of wrestling with your vulnerability embrace it there's there's one uh, they strength in vulnerability and i think a lot of men prefer that strength of wanting to look good uh they they want to feel on top of the world but it it's reasons are run deep right um, so this one technique in filmmaking is figuring out the emotional wound of a character. So with Otis, I, I didn't delve into it too much, but I, I could say that maybe he got, uh, played with when he was back, when he was younger days, maybe his dad was a womanizer. Maybe his mom did not believe in love or his mom was very dominant in the house, uh, or, he lived in an environment where he was made to feel, you know, not not very confident in himself, and uh, or there was emotional negligence growing up. So there's so many diagnoses, so many channels to, on why or reasons why he ended up being what he wanted to be. So you could see that in like the yeah. validation he seeks from others, exactly. Right in the um, mm-hmm. you know, hey, you gave me your word. Mm-hmm. What about when you gave me your word? You have to do it. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like holding on to those things if someone says or does something. Exactly. Right? And that's a very good point. I even didn't notice yeah, that. Yeah, I noticed you're, it. You're good. <laughs> it's fresh, man. It's that's fresh. what happens when you just watch the movie, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No, I appreciate that perspective. And it's also interesting as a writer, when you write something and other people, when they read it or it's brought to screen, other people have their own interpretations of it. So I really appreciate that, nice. right? So now I'm learning something yeah. from someone about something that I wrote that I didn't see from the other That's side. Cool, right? man. So I, I appreciate you for that. Um, so definitely it's, it's, he's, he's afraid to tackle, right? He's afraid to tackle, um, 
something that's actually preventing him from becoming uh, a well-grounded person, right? So child child uh, childhood traumas are always um, always a reason why we behave the way we behave. There's probably a reason why you don't trust people uh, or how you behave in a certain way because you have a shield based off of uh, an experience that happened to you when you were a kid or when you were a teenager or in your early 20s. So those walls, yeah. right? Like walls are up walls. for a reason. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. then you think every other person's going to yeah. do what happened to you yeah. based off of similar, mm-hmm. let's say, scenarios. Exactly. Or just similar characteristics in somebody. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And those um, and, and that fear creates lies, right? So you can see that he if he commits to this relationship, he feels it's going to be a breakup or things are not going to work out. And he he doesn't want... He doesn't want any of that, right? So yeah. people fear failure, mm. uh, especially relationships, because you invest in a lot of time, yeah. right? And and for for him to invest in that time and not get anything in return, it'll be all vanity at the end of the day, right? So so yeah, basically, I w- I felt like that. I could relate to him, um, and and my f- biggest fear to commit at the time. Um, I, I had to like look myself in the mirror and say, okay, we, we got to go all in. All, it's all in or nothing, right? And when the ship sails, it sails, right? Yeah. No, it's so, so true, man. Wow. Definitely. That's cool. Yeah. And just, just uh, not, not to dominate the conversation, I was just going to uh, um, add something. So with writers, you have to write what you know, right? Mm. So I'll give you an I learned that from Stephen King, right? Cool. He's my man. I uh, one of the greatest writers of all time. Exactly. I just actually came off uh, reading a book, uh, Misery. Oh my gosh, <laughs> it is wild. You have to, uh, if you got time, read it. It's it's probably one of his best pieces. Misery. I, yeah, Misery. Uh, Kathy Gates. I think that it, it became a movie, and the actress who played um, Annie, she won an Oscar for that. And, oh wow yeah and so, he being one of the main characters in yeah Misery? main characters yeah so so basically a writer gets involved in a car accident and ends up in the custody of a nurse who has a psycho uh who's deemed a psychopath and she makes him write uh resurrect a character um a character uh after he killed it off right so he finished the book and the main character she died and when the, the nurse read that, she was pissed off and and said, uh, you have to resurrect her. I'm gonna make you resurrect her. So it was basically silly. He was he was in captivity and he was made to work as a slave. That's insane. Yeah. To, to get inside Stephen King's brain. Yeah, you know, definitely. Like that's... And and it was interesting when I read on the uh, on his creative process around that, he's basically dealing with addiction right at that time in his life at that time in his life so this was back in the 80s when he was getting more noticed right uh and he was getting more commercial success he had um he had struggled with alcohol and drugs i do believe and so he had it got to a point where he had a an intervention with his loved ones especially his wife who says like partner in crime so they had to sit him down and talk him and say hey bro you gotta you gotta face fix this, this shit, man. Yeah. Fix this shit, or you're not going, you're not going anywhere, and we're gonna suffer as as a result, right? So he had to turn around and 
deal with it. And so with Misery, the character Annie was his um, his addictions, screaming at him and having having uh, a hold of him, right? And the writer is him. It's just um, a reflection of him and how he was trying to navigate through his situations. So. Well, well, here's someone who takes mm-hmm. um, the suffering they experience and yeah. they turn it into um, something that they can become successful from. Yes. I think this is the 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 thing we are starting to become more aware of. Yes. Where Absolutely. it's not all sunshine and rainbows to yeah. get to that final product. Yeah. He had to personally suffer and yeah. he took that suffering and applied it into a completely different character. Exactly. Like that that's powerful stuff right there. Definitely. And that's that's the beauty of writing. Uh it it helps you through address traumatic experiences or struggles right so stuff that you struggle to bring out onto the open or you know you're trying to get out it's like you're trying to deal with that pain right and there's no other way and sometimes just the pen and paper will do because the brain is really really remarkable with how it relays its thoughts right so in a sense, he was dealing with his pain and he was trying to address it and it was it was therapy for him, right? And and it's also an inspiration for readers or people who struggle with addictions or who've been in kind of all sorts of experiences. They when when an author or a writer writes something that they can relate to, it feels like they're being Oh, it's huge. Spoken to. I love that you said that. Yeah. Uh, 